Welcome to the first ever podcast for Unqualified Chaos. Today on the show, March Madness. We'll preview the Sweet 16 along with giving our picks for the champion, NFL free agency, and the just-in-time Major League Baseball predictions. Plus, what's better, being buzzed or being hammered? And of course, our final thoughts. Let's roll. So let's get right into this. March Madness. Definitely been madness so far. Been a lot of bad basketball so far. But been more double-digit seed teams making it on to the next round than ever. Uh, It's been crazy. What do you think? I think a lot of the bad basketball stems from teams being rusty with covid whether it's not being able to play in their conference tournament, whether their conference tournament's being played early. I think a lot of these games, especially the first and second round, you're seeing a lot of these teams trying to feel each other out a little bit more. That's why a lot of these first halves have been kind of low scoring and kind of a lot of turnovers. But yeah, overall, it's good to be back after having a full year off. I think that kind of led to a lot of the excitement of this year's tournament. Yeah, I mean, bad basketball and all, man, I think that that makes what this tournament's all about. It makes for the madness. Yeah, and uh, you can attest like I can. It was really shitty for betting. Yeah, for us anyways. Oh, yeah. It was maybe for other people, but uh, I mean, it we was got it, it was to us. it was good for Vegas. I mean, everyone was chasing those bets, man. Yeah, so I mean, let's let's talk Sweet Sixteen. Um, you know, we'll start it with Baylor Villanova. Uh, I mean, I I don't see how Villanova beats Baylor. I don't think Villanova is going to be able to score. Baylor is actually leading the NCAA right now, the teams left in the tournament. They're only allowing 59 points per game. I just don't see Villanova being able to score with Baylor. Baylor's kind of starting to round back into form after they had that midseason COVID scare. So Baylor's, Baylor's looking like that team that everyone thought would challenge Gonzaga to start. Arkansas, Oral Roberts. Oral Roberts, obviously... Huge surprise. Gotta love it though. That's yeah. that Oral Roberts being in the Sweet Sixteen is the epitome of March Madness. That's what everyone loves. Yeah, right absolutely. That that fifteen seed. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's what is the second fifteen seed. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. That that's made it. You know, this far it, they've had a crazy run. Uh, at the end of the day, I, I don't know how they beat Arkansas. I mean, I don't either. But even it's good to see Arkansas because I mean, you think Arkansas, you think football school. Or baseball, you definitely don't think of basketball school. So it's good to, even there, yeah, they were a higher seed, but it's cool to see a team like Arkansas you don't normally see this deep in the tournament. Yeah, I guess shout out to Eric Musselman on this. One thing that I, I saw is he was filling the schedule with teams that he thought that they might see in the tournament. That's brilliant. So he obviously thought they were a tournament, tournament team, but also was looking to fill those odd games with teams that he thought he would face. You know, he had North Texas, he had Abilene Christian, who he didn't play, end up playing any of those, but he did play Oral Roberts, mm-hmm. and they beat him 87-76 during the regular season. I think Oral Roberts' run is over. As, as much as we don't want to lose Oral from the tournament. Um, <laughs> I mean, they might stick with them in the first half, but, I mean, yeah, I'm with you on that. I, I, I don't see it either. I mean, good for them. It's good for the program. You know, but, yeah, I, I would say their run kind of ends here as well. 
Loyola Chicago, Oregon State. Sister Jean, man, how can you how can you go against Sister Jean? I mean, a little mad at her because you know our uh, Orange Cuse Orange have to play the late game on Saturday because you know Sister Jean she's got to have that early game. But no, I, they're they're a tough team too, and and you know they're probably shouldn't have been that low of a seed. I think I'm losing their in their cop within their conference tournament. I think that kind of hurt them, but they're they're a good team. They are very well coached. I got Loyal Chicago coming out of that too. And then bottom of the bracket on that side, our Syracuse Orange. Buddy Buckets. Yeah, baby. Uh, against Houston. I mean, honestly, I think Syracuse is my is my one, I don't know if you call them dark horse team because, you know, they've done so well in the tournament. But at the same time, is a couple weeks ago, they were on the bubble of if they're mm-hmm. going to make the tournament. And they, they thrive as a double-digit team. And I think... What goes a long way with Cuse in the tournament is their 2-3 zone because if you don't see Cuse's 2-3 zone throughout the regular season at all, you it smacks you in the face. It It's way different watching it than it is playing it, the way that zone flows and moves. Teams struggle to figure it out, and I think that goes a long way in the tournament, and that's helped, along with hot shooting, Cuse get to where they are right now. Um, Other side, Gonzaga, Creighton, I mean... Can we really... Gonzaga's a complete team. I mean, Jalen Suggs is playing some of the best basketball right now in the tournament. Their tempo is just crazy. And it's I kind of similar to Villanova-Baylor. I just don't see Creighton having the firepower to keep up. I don't. USC-Oregon, I mean... Playing each other for a third time, I... I think USC based on talent, but I mean, this is a game that could go either way. Oregon's playing their best basketball of the year right now. I mean, at this out of I think out of all the games, this is probably the biggest coin flip out of them all. Yeah, I, I kind of had this same way. I mean, I personally think Oregon um, hasn't been thrilled with USC. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm a little salty because I lost the bet with them this weekend. But um, no comment. I, I just like you said, third time playing at such a it's you never know with a matchup like that. So mm-hmm. you know, I got Oregon, you got USC. Uh I think the other one is Michigan, Florida State, where we have a little bit yeah, of a I, different I, take on that. I really like the way Florida State's playing defense. Um I think Michigan not having their top dog since their Big Ten tournament. I think it's finally going to catch up to them here. I don't think they're going to be able to score like they were used to scoring through the regular season. FSU is a big team, and their defense, man, that they'll they'll haunt teams. And I think they finally get to Michigan, and I think FSU moves on here. One thing I do want to say though is I absolutely love when college athletes go back to their alma mater and coach. You're seeing it with Ewing and Georgetown, Howard here. I love that. Go back to the university that helped you become the man you are and then try to give back and grow these kids. I love that. I love to see that. It it, it kind of makes me root for teams a little bit that I don't normally root for because, uh, you know, I like that success, but I think Howard's run ends here. Uh, US or UCLA, Alabama, uh, shout out to Nate Oates. Uh, I got to go with Nate Oates on this, mm-hmm. maybe just because I'm somewhat of a homer. And uh, Well, I think that too. I think the way he's got Alabama playing, and I think he will out-coach UCLA here, and I I got them going all the way to the Final Four, to be honest with you, and they that coach will take them a long way. 
So, your final four picks. Uh, Baylor and Cuse, a little bit of a homer, but they're shooting hot, and they play a good 2-3, and Bama and Gonzaga. I have the exact same way on here with Gonzaga winning it. I just don't see, honestly, how anybody beats them. Uh, they just pummel mm-hmm. everybody they play. Yeah. Uh, it's almost unfair, it looks like. That's why I would love to see, as much as I would love to see Nate Oates I, go to the finals, I would love to see the dogfight of Baylor-Gonzaga. It's They've been 1-2 or 1-2-3 throughout the entire season, and those are the two most complete teams top to bottom, and that, that would be, I think, a final for the ages. Yeah, yeah, that would be, that would certainly be probably the best game mm-hmm. to possibly have in you know in the tournament uh, dark horse man I, i'm gonna be homer i i love cuse's zone i love how they yeah. force um teams to to try to win with the with the three-pointer um and okay. i just don't understand because that zone leaves the middle wide open wide open wide open and i think that's the key for houston this week is to Use their big guy. Sit him in the six, middle. Six, seven. Yeah. yeah, he's big. Put him in the middle and beat him that way. Look for the easy basket or, or the easy kick out for three. I think that's the key for Houston in this game. But at the end of the day, that zone makes teams who look really good look really, really bad. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they're my dark horse to somehow sneak into at least the finals. Yeah, yeah. Nate Oates, Bama team versus Syracuse would be a heck of a final. I mean, too. That'd be I'm, kind not, of, I'm not opposed to Here really in West, Western New York, that kind of be a cool final. Uh, one thing, though, too, is with the way this tournament has with, like, your Oral Roberts and your Creightons, it, I hope the NCAA football is paying attention because even if they expand to eight teams – you're not going to get this kind of craziness, but even if you have a non-power conference team win one of the playoff games, I mean, people are going to go nuts. Yeah. You obviously, with it being football, you can't do it this deep, but even just expand it to eight, I mean, look how fun this is. Right, get those teams that never would have a chance right. to get in, to get in, and and anything could happen. I mean, right. we've seen it in this tournament. Yeah. And, you know, football might be a little bit more... Uh, skewed as with the power teams, sure. but but then but you even, never know anything could happen. Right. One bad game for yeah. a team, and, even and even makes, if one of these teams win one game, you know it it'll make it be you know these give these teams a chance. If anything, it shakes it up from yeah. the the you know every year Alabama, Clemson, yeah, yeah. exactly, and and um, I'm I'm totally on board with that and think that would be that would be killer. That'd be awesome, but uh, you know how it works. Speaking of football, um, free agency. We are, uh, you know, a wee little over a week in here. We've seen a lot of the dominoes fall. What, uh, what, what do you like? Any, anything jump out at you? I'm going to tell you what I love. Okay. And that is the Washington football team bringing in Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yep. Uh, I honestly, and I mean, I love Fitzpatrick. Just who doesn't? For, yeah, just who for doesn't? the whole Fitz magic. Fitz magic thing and. And the beard and the... He's a gunslinger. Gunslinger. And, you know, we had a taste of him in Buffalo, and it, it was fun, and it was maddening at the same time, but that's the whole Fitzpatrick mm-hmm. package. But aside from that, I mean, just being glad that somebody brought him in, I just think it, that's a perfect and they're, move. And they're putting him in a position to win. Yeah. Rivera's a genius. Right. They, they brought in Curtis Samuel, the pair with Terry McLaurin, have Fitz throwing to both of them. I... 
It's, yeah. And, I mean, outside of Dak going back to Dallas, nothing anyone has really done in that division has jumped out. I mean, the Giants are spending money. The Giants are spending money. But, I mean... But uh, Daniel, jo- I mean, they, Daniel Jones could take that leap, but it just, I mean, they won it. The Redskins were, sorry, the Washington football team won it last year with a carousel at quarterback. Yeah. I mean, the, I mean that division was yeah. awful. And if that's there, I mean, I think the, the Cowboys win it just right, correct. running away with it. Yeah. And, I, I mean, I, I still think they're the top dog in that division. Mm-hmm. I think that, um, you know, with this move, though, I think that, you know, all of a sudden, you know, the Washington football team um, is in the mix. And I think that that defense carried them last year, and now they have an offense that won't go three and out almost every single time. So that defense, Chase Young, they're going to stay even hungrier. So I think they'll be in the mix for the division in a wild card. Uh, Fitzpatrick is at least that good with that offense to put them in the conversation. It's just crazy to say, like, Fitzpatrick is that good. Right. And he is. And, you know, he's never played in the playoffs before. No. You know, he's never made a Pro Bowl either. No. And, I, I mean, like I said, when I first started talking about him, he's the total package. He's a he's a whirlwind. He's He will sling four touchdowns mm-hmm. and then throw four picks in the fourth quarter it's kinda, across it, the game. And it's kind of like Jameis, Jameis and Winston. I mean, it's kind of the same thing. Yeah. But I, I honestly think that was one of the best free agency yeah, moves I did. to bring him in. And um, I think that makes them, you know, a contender mm-hmm. in, in that division. And, and like you said, at the, at the very least, a wild card. Uh, I also like what Jacksonville did bringing in Marvin Jones. Um, I think having a veteran wide receiver like him in that wide receiver room with some of their younger guys like a Shark or a LaViscus Chenault and then having it's probably going to be Trevor Lawrence I think having these young guys be able to lean on a Marvin Jones I think that was a great signing for them he'll be productive and he'll be reliable and he'll be great for these guys and I mean they gave him a decent amount of money but I mean I think for Jacksonville I think that was also a no-brainer move so I mean, it's no secret. Well, maybe it is a secret, but we're bit we're huge Bills fans here yes, on, sir. on this podcast. Um, so AFC East, do you think that? And again, this is crazy to say. Do you think any moves were made to catch the Bills? Do you think? Well, I think it was awesome to see teams literally making moves to chase the Bills. I mean, a hundred percent. That was what was going on. The way New England was spending money. I mean, you know, you know, it pissed Belichick off not to win that division and see what Brady did. Oh, absolutely. So, but I, I don't know with uh, even with all that money they spent. The movie, I don't know that between the money they spent and the guys are getting back from COVID, I think they'll be competitive. But right now, I'm willing. I'm not willing to put them even number two in the division. No, I, I mean that defense now with some of those returns, mm-hmm. you know, they're going to get pretty close back to the New England de- defense of 2019. Yeah. Um, I, just, and I think that keeps him in a lot of games, but honestly, I don't know how Cam Newton. I don't fear is, that. I don't fear that. No, I don't know how he's gonna. Even if Cam Newton is halfway of what he used to be, it can he win in a shootout with Josh Allen? I, I don't think he can win in a shootout <laughs> with many people. To be honest, I mean, look at him last year. Yeah. All he did was essentially was run the ball up the middle, yeah. and that's how. I mean, the Jets they scored. The Jets made some good moves. The Dolphins made some decent moves. I mean, I. Just, I think, and this, I mean, we love our Bills, but, you know, unbiased aside, I think after the Bills, 
I think it's just going to be a cluster again. Yeah, I, I mean, I I think you never know with Tua how how he's going to play. I'm not wasn't sold on him. I don't yeah. know that I'm sold on him. And a lot still can yeah, happen with and, the draft, but right. I mean, he could take a big leap forward, but if it's the Tua from last year, I even with the additions on offense, you know, I I don't know. You know, bringing in Will Fuller was mm-hmm. was great, um, but. I, I don't, I'm not not sold on him, and, and you know I, I think he's seems like a good dude, but I, I don't know. And then the Jets, I, I still think I mean they might be the most well balanced team. I think I I love the coaching staff that that Salam has put together there. Salah, I'm sorry, has put together there too. But that's I mean that's the same thing with Cam Newton and with Tua is will are they either A gonna stick with Sam Darnold and will he make that jump or B are they gonna draft a rookie and start all over, you know? So that's why I think it's just it's chaos. <laughs> it's gonna be chaos below the Bills. And I mean sure the Bills had a, a great season and they might even regress a little bit. Like I'm not saying they're gonna run the table in the East again, but I think it's just too many questions below the Bills in the East. It, that just still blows my mind. That we're having that conversation. To have that conversation. And that you see a lot of our free agents like take less money to come here and say they want to play here, say they turn down more money to come here because they love the culture and they love what you know winning, you know, and it it's great. It's so it's about time. What do you think of the Bills moves in free agency with little money? Um you know, before free agency started, anybody who followed Buffalo Bills football would would say that there were, we had that big three signings, and there was no chance in hell that we were signing all three, and it was likely we might not even get two of them back. Mm-hmm. And that's with Matt Milano, that's John Feliciano, and that's Daryl Williams. I think what Bean has done manipulating the salary cap and moving guys' bonuses around and getting guys to take less money and, you know, trading Lee Smith and getting Atlanta to take his salary. Like, that, come on. That was insane. It, you and I text back and forth when that went down, and that was, like, genius. That's yeah. magic right there. Right. Who, who does that? And who, I, care, who cares the, where the pick was? I think it was, like, a seventh-round pick that they got back. Doesn't it doesn't matter. doesn't matter. They ate the salary. They it, took the salary right, with them. He was either getting cut or retiring right. a bill. Right. And being somehow flipped that into seventh-round draft pick, whatever, I, I never think, know. But at the end of the day, you got something back for somebody that didn't have mm-hmm. a spot on the team. And I think it's a sign of a really good team where you, you know, you – have your targets and your targets are on your own team and you're bringing these guys back and i think that makes for a good off season as it is and you know i mean bringing in an emmanuel sanders i mean great you know that he might be a little better than john brown i mean I think so. if, I think if anything it's not going to be any worse than john brown no, i think what we're losing in in brown with that speed that flyaway speed we're getting a better altogether route runner mm-hmm. i mean think about it and there's no reason Gabe Davis can't do what he did last year in that John Brown role. Right. And think about it. With Stephon Diggs, Cole Beasley, and Manny Sanders, it's it's hard to say there's three a better tandem of route runners yep. in, mm-hmm. in the NFL, let yep. alone the, AF, the AFC. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I just think that he brings so much toughness to the 
to the wide receivers. Not that they they were lacking that, but it's just the dude's a winner too. He's he he wins, and he's always on a team that that managed to win. And he, I think he just brings it something to the receivers that um, different than John Brown. I still think you know bringing McKenzie back was, was big. Um, if not for special teams, but for the little the little ga- the little gadget plays that right. they just they seem to work every single time. And like you said, he's gonna plug right into Andre Roberts's role, kick return, punt return. And Andre Roberts was a multi, you know a, a multi year Pro Bowler. You're gonna lose a little bit there, but I'm I'm comfortable having McKenzie back there. Oh yeah, and I even think the two signings that. Bean has done the past two days bringing in um, Ifa Abada to be a rotational defensive player. He had five and a half sacks last year. That would have led the Bills with yeah. five and a half sacks. Yeah. He is, and he fits that freak athlete that you can just kind of unleash and let go. Right. You know, I saw a lot of people kind of a bit down on that signing, but like you said, he would have led the Bills in, in sacks last season and and that's one thing um, that that he bring brings to the table that we need. We need that outside edge rush. And I mean, I'm not saying that he's going to start and turn into this, you know, stud that we hope we were getting this off season. But I mean, on a one year deal, paying him next to nothing, great. I think not necessarily a free agent signing, but one of the best moves that's going to help the Bills this season is Star coming back. Oh yeah, I know absolutely. You know, he's getting paid a lot of money. Um, but dude's just a double team eater. He's gonna eat up blocks and he's gonna make he's gonna you know, make Edmonds better. He's gonna make Ed Oliver better. He just makes he what he does won't show up on the stat sheet. That, that yeah, there's yeah, you know, right, he's, and that's it. And it's he just makes that line that much better. Yeah. You know, in twenty nineteen when he played we got more pressure. We got more edge pressure. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's not coincidence to me that he opted out, you know, last year and that went away. He just does a lot to um, that line that a lot more than, you know, shows up on paper. And even guys like, I mean, signing Matt Breida, another potential offensive weapon, uh, you know, a, a burner from the running back position, or even Jacob Hollister, you know, who. Bean is paying less than the Jets just signed Tyler Croft for. I mean, what what's the worst that can happen? I mean, Hollister played with Allen at Wyoming. Like, well, fine, we, so we what? saw what he did to us this year. Yeah, when, that's uh, that's true. That is true. You and, know, I I like that breed of signing too. I think that's uh, that that's interesting. He's uh, if anything, it's bringing guys in the door at a position that we're weak on and putting pressure on the guys you already have in house. You know, yeah. sure, Breida might be similar to you know, maybe might be a faster Singletary, but so put the pressure on Singletary. If you look at Breida's contract, he might not even make the team. But right. you know what? If he comes in and plays the preseason and then gets cut because Singletary stepped up because of that signing, well then, <laughs> I, I, no offense to Breida, he did his job. Yeah. <laughs> so real quick before we move on, we'll do one more Bills take. Who do you see in the draft? I mean, I'm sure we'll get more into it. As yeah, closer, I but so right now, right now, I see running back or corner, but I also think right now the way this offseason has unfolded, that Bean has the mentality of 
best player available regardless of position. Mm-hmm. I think they're in a win-now mode. Uh, they're young, yes, but their window has opened. So I think he is going to look at who is there at 30 and say, who is going to step in right now and help me? Is it a corner opposite White? Is it one of these stud running backs? Is it even a tight end or wide receiver? I, I think he's literally, they're just going to sit there and say, best available. Yeah, that's kind of where I am. I mean, he's certainly set the table for best available, mm-hmm. and um, which is also great. I'm totally yeah, okay with that. I, yeah, definitely. It's it's great to be in that position. Um, do you have any free agency blunders? I think money was just being thrown around left and right. I mean, I think maybe the one that that kind of stands out is is is. Kyle Rudolph with the Giants, they paid him a lot of money. They already have a, a young stud in in Evan Ingram, and now he failed his physical, and he's got to have foot surgery. Like, he's staying with the team, but you just paid him that money, and now he's got to have foot surgery? Like, it just doesn't, I don't know, that one, that, that one blew my mind a little bit. Yeah, I think... Uh... That that was I mean like you kind of said it earlier too with with the Giants is like they're I don't understand that move and on paper they have some good weapons but you know with with Jones yeah you don't know what you're gonna get with Daniel which I mean he's got the trick he could take that next step I mean I'm not saying he's not but. Yeah, that's that. That's just a lot of questions on what they've done, and even what I mean, New England's done. Paying both tight ends like they did. I mean, paying, trying to go back to the glory days yeah. of the Gronk and, and, and uh, Aaron, Hernandez. Aaron Hernandez, or even I mean, I know they didn't know this when they signed Nelson Aguilar, but Nelson Aguilar getting more money than Corey Davis. Oh my God, they <laughs> the insane amount that they paid him comparative to mm-hmm. what the market for receivers were. Yeah. And it's just so many different receivers, better receivers. Mm-hmm. But good for these guys going to get their bank, man, especially in a down salary cap year. Yeah. Go get that bag. So, like I said, we'll get we'll get definitely into the draft as we get a little bit closer. But I think really what what's right around the corner besides, you know, the March Madness that we talked about is it's baseball season. It sure it's is, man. Here. Opening day is a week, actually a week from today, a week, a week from away. Today away. And, you know, last season was different. Uh, I think that it brought a little different look to baseball, baseball yeah. different teams that were um, – you know, live in the postseason that that maybe shouldn't have been had it been an extended season. But let's talk this season. It's uh, you know we'll kind of just talk about our predictions and on. Let's start with the AL AL East. I mean, I don't as much as I, I hate to say this, and I, as a New Yorker, I, I I don't see the Yankees not winning that division. I'm with you. I toyed back and forth with just picking Toronto to pick someone else, but the Yankees had a good offseason. They bolstered their pitching. They got DJ LeMahieu back. I think the only thing, honestly, that is going to hold them back from winning the AL East, probably having the best record in the AL, is their health. Yeah. They have a lot of guys that have a tendency to get banged up, and they're not necessarily a super deep team, but... Yeah, I mean, going out and getting James Talon and Corey Kubler, I, I just, 
I don't see them losing. Yeah, either. and that has always been, I think, their Achilles' heel is pitching. Yes, over the last I agree. couple of years, anyways. Not saying always. I mean, they've had some amazing pitchers come through their mm-hmm. organization, but you know, the last couple of years, that was their issue. Yep. You know, they can hit the ball better than most teams every game of the week. Majority of their lineup is a threat to hit it out of yes. the park. And and it was pitching that was keeping them out of games. Mm-hmm. Especially in the playoffs. And, you know, as, as well as you hit the ball, if you're serving up runs, <laughs> you know, sometimes it's just crazy difficult to to go, you know, pound for pound just hitting the ball. you you got to have guys that can, can get outs. And I think now, you know, like you said, they certainly bolstered their, their pitching staff. And I just, I don't know how. No, that, I, me neither. I mean... Like you said, I would love, you know, Tampa, to me, is somewhat of an outside threat. Mm-hmm. I, I like Toronto, too, actually. I, yeah, actually, I, I actually think, think so too, we'll yeah. get there, but I think Toronto makes the wild card. They, they're a young team, you know, and they had some good offseason moves as well. I mean, they, you know, went out and got George Springer. They went out and got Marcus Simeon on a one-year deal. I mean, it's a shame that they went out and signed Kirby Yates to be their closer, and he's probably out the year now. But I, that's another team, too, that's going to make some noise. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Central, uh, I think we're in agreement with the White Sox. Mm-hmm. Can't knock the Twins, but I, I love the White Sox this year. They're a young team. They made the playoffs last year. I know They have the reigning MVP. They have the reigning MVP. I know Eloy Jimenez, one of their you know middle of their lineup guys, is out five to six months now. But they have a young team. They have a good farm system. They went out and signed Lance Lynn to you know help with their pitching. They're gonna put up some offensive numbers too, and yeah, I I think, I think they win the central. I mean, I I have the Twins as possibly a wild card team. Yeah, I, I have think, I do I have them as possibly my other wild card team as well. I think that you know they certainly I think that division that's gonna be close. Mm-hmm. Um, you know I I kind of throw Cleveland in the mix a little. I just don't know that they can pack enough punch to... Yeah, I think Cleveland might to, hang around and then fade out yeah, a little bit in the second yeah, half of the season. So. Yeah, I, I, I got you on that one. I think this 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 division, I think, though, is going to be close enough that it's really going to come down to the head-to-head battle during the season of the White Sox and the Twins. Yeah. I could see that really being the difference in this division. And the AL West, that was the hardest one, I think, for yeah. me to, to think about. I don't want to say it. <laughs> I, I I see Houston at the top of that, but you see, I went back and forth between Houston and Oakland. So yeah, and and then I just think right now, I think losing Springer, their pitching staff is pretty banged up. I just I think I think Oakland is is going to win the West this year. I think they have a solid lineup top to bottom. They play great defense, and I think. If they stay healthy, I think you know you're gonna have them, the Angels, and Houston kind of all beat up on each other. It's a tough division, but I just think that lineup, top to bottom, they're healthy right now. They, like I said, they play great defense up the middle. I, I think, I, I, I think just, it's Oakland's year. To, I just the one concern with me though, Oakland is how is their bullpen gonna hold up? Yep, they lost, you know, some really key pieces. Um, with Simeon and, and Hendricks, um, I just, that's, my, I think was the final straw for me mm-hmm. is thinking their bullpen. Similar to that is why I didn't really pick the Angels is I think the Angels will put up numbers offensively, but I just, I don't, I, I see that pitching staff. It just, I, it doesn't strike fear in me. Yeah. I mean, they got some, they got some veterans. They, they, 
you know, if they pitch well, yeah, they certainly could make sure. A and then I mean, I guess if if Otani pitches well and they give him, you know, a decent amount of innings, you know, I think they'll be in it. Yeah, that was kind of I know we talked about it, it's kind of a three way mm-hmm. back and forth on that. You know, I, I got Houston. I, I hate to say it, um, but uh, I just Oakland's bullpen is is that that yeah. piece for oh, me that yeah, I, I just. I don't love, and I don't know how, you know, it'll hold up. Uh, NL West. Let's stay in the West. I know you're going to pick. It's, <laughs> it's no secret, but it, honestly, it really isn't any secret. No. I, I think the Dodgers are the class of that. Yeah, and, it, and the, the Padres will wake, I, you know, I've said it many times, and I, I think the Padres and the Dodgers are both going to win over 100 games. I think the Dodgers will win the division, uh, but, but – the rest of that division is horrible. The Giants yeah. and the Diamondbacks and the Rockies are are flat out bad. So I think that is going to go a long way in both teams winning a hundred games. And I think the Dodgers probably by a slimmer margin than they've been accustomed to will win the West with the Padres winning the wild going to the wild. Card. Yeah, I, I certainly have the Padres as as a wild card team. I I'm with you on that. I I totally could see the Padres winning over 100 mm-hmm. games. The Dodgers certainly are winning over 100 yeah. games. I mean, what the Padres have gone out and got just in their pitching staff alone, going out and getting Darvish and Snell, yeah. adding to an already good pitching staff. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. that's... They've, they, what they've done the past two, three years to put together that team, starting with getting Manny Machado and then getting Tatis and just phenomenal. I, I have to tip my cap to the GM on that one. They built that team really well. I mean, what the hell are the Rockies doing with... Dumping Arenado for nothing, for nothing, and, and paying it. and for, paying money. And, I mean, that's he's the heart of their team. I mean, yeah. he's and just to dump him for for nothing. Mm-hmm. And that's that converting over to the central. That is going to put the Cardinals over the top in the central for sure. Yeah. Um. So central, let's do it. You yep. got the cards. I do. I, um. I, I think I'm right on board with that. And I don't. I think this is going to be a down year for the Central. You know, normally you have them and the Brewers and, you know, the Reds and the Cubs Cubs all battling out. And it wouldn't surprise me if the Reds end up second in this division and, you know, not too far back from the Cardinals. But that just, I mean, the Brewers are always there. The Cubs are always there. But I just, I don't think that division is nearly as strong as it has been in the past. Yeah, I I think the Brewers are definitely taking somewhat of a step back this this year, and um, I see the Cardinals kind of winning that. Like you said, I think um, with with the acquisitions for the Cardinals, um, they're not going there. I think that is is kind of sets them apart. And then lastly, and I think this is going to be the most interesting division in baseball. I think it's the toughest year. division in baseball. I think top, I think top, top to, to bottom. bottom that it is the most difficult division in baseball i think they are just gonna beat the hell out of each other um no holds bar style mm-hmm. all season um it's gonna be cutthroat division it, it's gonna be i mean there's a lot of heated rivalries in that division yeah i think every team in that division is probably good enough to win the division if they were in Any different divisions yeah. oh yeah um i mean miami for example you know, they had that, that run last year, and I, I think a lot of it, I'll be the first to admit it, is um, the shortened season. Sure. Yeah. They're that team that is in it every year until July. Yep. And leading the division or 
second place a game back and they're in it every year. Mm-hmm. I don't know. They're still so young that they yeah. have the firepower to last a complete season. I think they're on the right page. And oh, I yeah. think they've they've done a lot of the right moves, like getting Starling Marte and keeping them right now. But yeah, I think they're still a year or two away. And I, I agree with you. That's actually a great point. The shortened season, they almost didn't have time to fall off. Right. Because that's, exactly. that's what they, they normally do. You know, that's that's my team, and I'll be the first to admit it, is that's that's their MO. You know, they're in it till summer, and uh, then they fall off. And I think that was a huge benefit last year. I mean, I certainly think that they're going to make it tough for mm-hmm. a lot of teams this year. And I think if they were in the Central... And, you know, they would certainly have a, an opportunity. But at the end of the day, we differ on this one, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just don't see the Braves um, not winning that division. I just think top to bottom. I mean, the Mets, so the I, Mets I, have made some huge moves. I, I like the Braves. I have them as, as a wild card team. I just think they didn't go out and do anything in the offseason to make them Better. But I don't know that they needed to. That's what, yes. I don't think they needed to either. But you go and you look at the moves that the Mets have made, and I know they're the Mets. They they make moves like this and then fall on their face, but they go out and they get Lindor. Yeah. Face of their franchise that they've been lacking for a long time. And then that pitching staff, they get Carlos Carrasco, they get Marcus Stroman back, they went out and got Trevor May, and Tawan Walker is under the radar signing. I mean, he might end up being their fifth starter, but he could very easily win double-digit wins for them. I, mm-hmm. I think the Mets are going to win that division. I, I, I think the Mets hold off the Braves late to win that division. I just think, like you said, the Yankees, one through nine, in the batting order, I think the Braves mm-hmm. are the same yeah. way. Yeah, That's a punishing batting order. Yeah. And the Braves had a lot of injuries within their pitching staff last year. So with them, like you said, getting a lot of those guys back, they didn't necessarily need to go out and get anyone. I mean, I think that's going to be a, a dogfight as well, kind of similar to the AOS, but I just, I, I have the Mets slightly edging them out. It's that, that, that division, if anything, is going to be super fun mm-hmm. to watch. And I think, too, that division, you'll see three, maybe four teams in it for a while. I mean, because Philly's no slouch. Washington's no slouch with that pitching staff. And the Marlins are just a young, exciting team. They're going to give team fits. So I think a lot of those teams will hang around. Yeah, it's going to be – it'll be fun. Um, I mean, I think just having baseball back a full season, hopefully, um, is going to – I mean – God, it's going to be a fun summer. I think it's similar to the impact the NCAA had, like with the uh, just pure enjoyment. Yeah. And I think especially, I mean, look at what the MLB is doing opening day every for the first time ever. Every single team's playing. It's yeah. Fantastic. That's, that's, so, kind of a way early prediction. Pick your World Series teams. Dodgers, White Sox. Dodgers, White Sox. Yankees, Dodgers. Uh, I just don't see. I just. They short up their pitching, that lineup just like the Braves is, mm-hmm. is punishing, and uh, anybody in that that lineup can hit the ball out at any point, and you know they just smash the ball. And uh, again, the Dodgers, I think they're, I think the Dodgers are the class of the major league. They're they're, they're they're a complete team. And yeah, they're, I mean they're the team to beat um, certainly, but I just. 
think the, the Yankees, uh, Dodgers. I think that makes for a pretty I, I, interesting, uh, fun series, especially a historical one too. Yeah, I mean, right. you know, two very storied franchises, and it, you know, and I think too, it'd be a fun series. I mean, me being a Dodgers fan, I know a lot of you. My brother in law's a Yankees fan. You know, a lot of my family members. It'd be a fun series for sure. So. You got the Dodgers winning and all. Yeah, I think yeah, I, I, yeah. I, obviously you do. But I mean, I'm with you on that. I think, uh, I think way early prediction. Mm-hmm. Anything could happen. Injuries happen. You know, God only knows. Pittsburgh could. Uh, <laughs> no, no, they might be the worst team in baseball. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, Baltimore. Baltimore is right going to be up there, but, I mean, and I, I mean, there's a few teams out west that we mentioned too could be pretty bad. Yeah. So, okay, one of my favorite things that we're doing on the show is what's better. And it it could be anything. But this week, I have a, a question for you. And I'll give you my thoughts on it too. But what's better, being buzzed or being hammered? Oh, well, they both have their benefits and their drawbacks. Um... I've I've had my fair share of both. I I think I tend to lean buzz because you can kind of coast. You kind of get to remember more things, and you just you know you just have that even keel buzz. But it's also hard to keep a buzz, you know, because you're so close to getting hammered. Will that one shot put you over? Will that next beer put you over? So that's where I am. I mean. That's it. You're 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 walking the line with a buzz, like that first feeling of a buzz. That's good. It's such a great feeling. Yep. But then you're walking the line the rest of the time, and you have to decide: Do I want to toe this line and keep this line, or should I put a couple waters down? But then I might lose my buzz, or do I want to just keep going? And you know, you like you said, is the next shot that one that's going to do me in? And I think a lot of it's just too much stress with being buzzed. In yeah, my I think sometimes a lot of it too depends on where you're at. Like, I'm not gonna lie, if I'm hosting a party, or I mean, you've seen it. If I, I if I'm if I'm hosting an event, I'm more likely to get a little bit more than buzzed. But if, on the other hand, I'm at someone else's house and I know we're gotta drive home, or I know I'm with my wife and my son, and I gotta be a little bit more responsible, you know, I might dance that line a little bit. So, or even if you're out, you know, you kind of maybe lean towards the buzz but it's it's definitely a, a fine line for sure and i think if you asked our wives they'd probably prefer we stay the buzz <laughs> route buzz. but i don't know there's something about just being hammered though yeah. like i remember like the one day i was walking into the back room and i literally just fell over crashed into things and gave two fucks about right. it yeah. Don't you care about that. If I was buzzed, I'd kind of be weird. Oh, did anybody know? Did I did break? Am I hurt? Right? Am I hurt? Yeah. Hammer, you don't give a shit. No. And the other way I look at it is, even when you catch a buzz, there's a good chance that you're catching some kind of a hangover the next day. Yeah, yeah. If I'm going to be hungover, might as well be hungover for a good reason. <laughs> I might as well just get legless. Right. And then you're yep. that, that funny guy in the room that, look at him, he's hammered. He's the life of the party because he's going to do something stupid. Yep. You're always there. <laughs> I've seen you goldfish. I've seen you knock over yeah, tables. I've I, seen you jump I've, in fountains. I have. I have I've seen there. so many funny things. 
Yep. You know, I think with so. that guy that's hammered, and I, I mean, I get it. Like, there's, I just think there's so much stress with being buzzed, yeah. but the feeling of that first, you know, that first time you feel that buzz coming, mm-hmm. I think there's nothing better than that. Especially like, like going back to situational, like, you know, we all love to get together in the summer and like that first Memorial Day party or that first pool party and that buzz hits and everyone's outside. It's just like, ah, like, yeah. And going back to your, your hangover comment, it's almost like you got, you know, like if I'm going to be hung over the next day, I want to earn it. Like I want to make sure I earned it. Like not have, Oh, I had four beers and a shot. I'm going to have a headache in the morning. That sucks. You know, like, right. I mean, and there's nothing better than hearing that you were found in your bed with frozen fruit and A1 sauce and you not having any idea of how that or wa- happened. Or waking up and realizing you have one sock on only two days later to be sent the video of why you had one sock on. I mean, yeah, like, there's, I'm, there's with I'm with you. I'm with you. Those are like the, the memories that yeah. everybody talks about. Like You're true. It's, there's definitely more memories. The yeah. yeah. I mean... Ham, being hammered does have its drawbacks. Its drawbacks. Yeah. I mean, if, if you're truly hammered, you're probably throwing up at some point. Um, nobody likes that. The room is definitely spinning when you try to go to bed. So it does have its drawbacks. But like I said, if I'm if I'm going to be hung over the next day, I want the story to tell with it. And I want to, to have lived my best life the day before. So I'm all in on what's better, being hammered. Yeah, you know what? I went into this just going to say buzz and taking that route, but you've convinced me. Uh, I'm all in. Let's get hammered. Seriously. I mean, I'd do it right now if I could, but uh, um, it's just it's too much stress for me. I'm being buzzed. As crazy as that sounds, you know, you shouldn't mm-hmm. be stressed out when you're buzzed, but it is because you have to make that decision. Am I going all the way or am I laying back? And right. I think too often than not, especially when we get together, my intention is to be buzzed and that doesn't work out that it way. It always ends up the other way. And I think I think it ends up the other way more times than not because you know, it's harder for everyone to get together now between work and kids and everything. So yeah, I'm with you. Being hammered. In fucking right. <laughs> all right. Well, end of the show. We're gonna end it like this all the time. Um, our final thought, I'm gonna give you the mic, man. For your final thought, how are you going to leave everybody? So I was going to go a couple different ways with this, but I think, you know, because I actually I saw someone post something like this earlier, is that when someone makes a, a social media post and they just put any random picture and then they put when dot dot dot, like when what? When the you open the drink, when you spill the drink, when what? Like, oh, oh it's a plate of food. When the food hits, like when what? They just say one in a random sentence. Like it just, it makes no sense. And it always like, I don't, I don't want to read a social media post and then guess what you're talking about. Like, I think when is my most hated word on social media. (laughs) I'm going to stick with the social media thing. And I'm a Twitter guy. That's the social media that I mess with. I love Twitter. Um, But I cannot stand when people tag people in their posts. Unless you're friends with them and you talk to them and you know them on a first base, first name basis, you hang out with them, do not, 
under any circumstances tag their handle in a post. Preach. It's fine. Preach. If you want to talk about them, just don't tag them. You can put Tredavious White without tagging Tredavious White. Where's it going to get you? Exactly. Are you doing it for, are you hoping they retweet it? Are you yeah. hoping they like it? Guess what? They get thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of comments a day and and people tagging them a day. They're not reading your thing. And I'm willing to, they are paying someone to read, to like, and to retweet things. Right. And the worst is when you tag them and then ask for something with that. Mm -hmm. They're not reading it. I, I told you already. They're not reading it. They don't care that you, you think that if you got an autograph or you got... Whatever the offer that or you know prize that they're doing, if they're doing a giveaway or something, they don't care why you want it. It's random. Don't tag them. They're not your friends. They're not your family. There is no reason to tag people that you don't know. And I'm sorry because they're on your favorite sports team. That doesn't mean you know them. No, and I, I mean I don't get me wrong. I love when athletes interact with fans. But, you know, sometimes it's taking it a little too far, tagging them for random, even tagging them for non-sports related reasons or, or God forbid, tagging their significant others. Like, could you go, go ahead and tag a player's wife? Why? I mean, sure, maybe that player's wife is, you know, famous or that player's wife is big within your favorite sports team. But again, where is it going to get you? Yeah, I, I just, that's my, my final thought, like, Guys, don't do it. Girls, don't do it. It's it's gonna get you nowhere. It's silly. It's I don't know. I, I it just drives me mad when I see it. And uh, if you want if you want to say something about them, just don't tag them. Just say whatever you want to say about them. Just don't tag them. They don't care what you have to say. Nine times out of ten, you could do it a million times, and maybe one time out of a million times, they're gonna retweet it or something. If that's what you're doing it for. Or whatever. It's just so uncool. It's not cool. I'm sorry. Uh, so I think it's, it's not cool. I think in conclusion, it's uh, safe to say that we are not fans of social media right now. Apparently, we're both a little bitter at social media. I, I think so. Maybe we need to do a social media pause. I know, I know right? Turn I mean, off I love, I love me some Twitter, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Or maybe it's just us being curmudgeon old men right now. I don't know. It, it could be that. But anyways, that's it for today. Uh, tune in next time. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna try to keep it as chaotic as possible. We're gonna try to talk about as much you know different things, many different things as possible. And you know what though, guys, don't take us that serious because, like it says in our title, we are unqualified to talk about what we're gonna talk about. I'm so unqualified that I didn't even bring a freaking pen, and I was looking for a pen for 40 minutes, and I, I didn't have one. So I, you know, don't take anything I say for more than what it is. I am not qualified for anything that we're going to talk about. So thank you for listening. Thank you. And tune in next time.